morning and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the weekly webinar series from EPAR Trade presented to you by ARP, Performance Plus Global Logistics, ShopMonkey, Peak, and Fifth Third Bank Motorsports. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of EPAR Trade, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This is episode 347, and we're going to be uh, traveling actually to Australia, where it is 2 a.m. in the morning. So we are very fortunate to have Brett from GFB, who uh, is either not in bed yet or wake up very early to join us this morning. So with me this morning are Jeff Hammond, our wonderful host, and Judy Keane, the co-founder of ePortrait. So Judy. Thank you, Francis. And thank you, everybody that joined us today. Um, I don't know if you noticed on our newsletter this morning, we have launched a new software version of this platform. A lot of buyers have asked us to include a, a favorites list. So now we have uploaded version 5.0. So log on, enjoy the platform. Um, we keep updating and just making it more user-friendly. So Jeff? Well, good morning, Judy, and good morning, Francis. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting a chance to see what Brett's going to be bringing to the table because uh, we spoke last night. We were having a little bit of a um, moment, you might say. I was trying to call him in, a, in the afternoon here from the Carolinas. I got tied up, and so it wound up being uh, kind of role reversal. When I finally got him on the phone, it was about 1.30 here, uh, a little past my bedtime, but uh, we got a chance to get a you know, to get to speak to one another. And uh, Brett, good morning or good afternoon. No, I mean, put it this way. We've already discussed this. Hey, yeah. it's Thursday over in Australia. You're a day ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Good morning, everybody. How, how you all doing? We're doing well. And we're like I said, we're really, uh, you know, looking forward to what you uh, were working on. I knew you were putting the fine finishing touches on it last night or yes, Wednesday for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get this right sooner or later. But uh, no, nah, you know, the, the thing I think is uh, probably interested for me, because I, again, I'm I'm totally a rookie when it comes to knowing your product. I understand the principles of it. But can you share a little bit about who is GFB? You know, what is Go Fast Bits? I mean, that's, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's, uh, look, that's a really great place to start. Um, so Go Fast Bits, GFB. We've been around for um, over 20 years now. Um, so the owner, John Adrian, my boss, um, he was a car enthusiast from way back. Um, he had a manufacturing business. Um, he's been in that, in that business for a long time and uh, is an absolute expert when it comes to machining and um, has always been, um, you know, on the cutting edge, so to speak, of... Um, manufacturing and uh, and CNC machining. So back in the late 90s, we got the the WRX in Australia and, um, and John purchased one and he started making go fast bits for his car. And that's kind of where the business started. So um, yeah, we've been at it for over 20 years and uh, expanded the product range. And so basically we, we catered to um, supporting modifications for turbochargers or, or forced induction in general. So anything where you are cramming air into the engine, um, we, we make products like blow-off valves, boost controllers, uh, waste gates. We also do things like uh, fuel pressure regulators and uh, lightweight pulleys and short throw shifters. Well, you know, the thing that I find interesting, you know, you, you already touched on how long you've been around, uh, but I was amazed of the products that you make for the different manufacturers, BMW, Audi, you know, VW. Uh, to me, it's almost like you're taking a product and unleashing the beast, you might say, in each one of these products because, you know, they don't have to necessarily be hopped up coming off the showroom floor, but you give them the products that allows them to make them a little spunkier and, and, and get better performance out of it, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really the whole idea. So you know, if we if we go back to where where we started, you know, me personally, I was always interested in Subarus. Um, you know, the whole idea of turbocharging was just so exciting back then in the nineties. Um, uh, you know, my dad was into V eights, and 
you know, then these turbocharged cars like the Subaru came along and, uh, and it was just really exciting because the amount of power that you could get out of such a tiny little lightweight, uh, small capacity engine, um, you know, really, really interested me because um, I'm a mechanical engineer and uh, the thing that really gets me excited is, is making the most of what you've got. Um, you know, I don't always drive the fastest car around, you know, there's, there's plenty of guys with <laughs> way faster cars than I've got, but I like taking what I've got and just trying to make it better. If, you know, even if it's only incremental, that's, that's really what, what drives me. So, you know, we, we, we really appeal to, uh, you know, street enthusiasts, um, you know, people just looking to, to do modifications to their car that will support, um, you know, future power increases. So that, that's what we're going to touch on in this, in this webinar with, um, with the Verta valves. It's, um, you know, it's a small component in the turbocharger system, um, but, you know, it's, it's important to get it right and, uh, and there are gains to be had. So, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing that we enjoy doing. So you guys are doing it with cars and, and a red light, redneck like me over here in the Carolinas, I do it to my truck. <laughs> <laughs> try, to, try to get more performance out of, out of a Duramax, you know, uh, engine and everything like that. But I, I love, you know, it, to me, it's amazing. They have the technology and, and they got so much technology sitting there, but they, it's a, lot, a lot of times it's untapped. And I realized that when I started messing around with this Duramax and finally got it tuned up, let it breathe a little bit better. And all of a sudden it all, it starts, it's pretty cool to be able to pull up to a stoplight and spend your tires on a dually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I think I can appreciate where you're coming from. So we're already kind of documented, you know, you in Australia. So where in Australia are you located? Yeah, we're, we're based in Sydney. We're uh, just sort of uh, a little bit southwest of um, the main uh, city of Sydney. Um, so the area we're in, we, we're supported by um, a lot of industry around here. So, um, you know, a, a lot of our suppliers are local. So it, it, it makes it quite easy to, um, to operate out of here. So, you know, the building that we're in at the moment, um, you know, this is our machine facility. So, um, you know, that, that was something that... Um, that I wanted to get across, you know, we've, we've been around for a long time. We've been, um, you know, trading in the, in the U S for mm -hmm. over 20 years now. And, um, everything that we do is made right here in this, in this very building. Well, you and I touched on this last night. I want to make sure that those who are listening, um, realize that, yeah, being in Australia is, is not a negative. I mean, you guys have figured out how to, um, kind of like beam me up, Scott, if you want to use that little adage right there, you have a really good working um, procedure to be able to get stuff back to the United States or wherever around the world. I mean, that's the one thing I love about a portrait. It shows how networking really works. And I think your company's a great example of it, but people probably worried about, well, I don't know if I want to mess with these guys. I mean, I might not be able to get this. I might not, might not be able to get that. But you assured me last night you can do that and you have support here in the United States as we speak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um it's it's been a long road. I mean, we we first went to the US um in 2001. Uh we did the that was our first SEMA show um yeah. for for a young um 20 something year old me uh, going to Las Vegas for the first time to see the SEMA show it was um it was quite a, an eye opener. So uh -huh. that's something I won't forget. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we've been doing the SEMA shows ever since then. Um, you know, up until COVID hit, that's that's put a bit of a dampener on it. But yeah, we 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 sort of we started right at right at the beginning. We had we had nobody. It was just uh, myself and and John standing on the booth talking to people and. Um, you know, we went with a trade mission from Australia. Um, you know, so there was support from um, from our local uh, automotive group that um, you know would, would would assist businesses like like ours to um, tap into the U.S. market. And as you mentioned, it's um, it it did become very clear that you know the the whole idea of getting product over there, um, you you have to support locally. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I know that a lot of other businesses from Australia that sell into the US use a similar kind of model. So, you know, we have a, a master warehouse distributor based out of Michigan. Um, so all of the product is, is warehoused there. And then we have companies like Turn 14 and Summit Racing. So, you know, we've got some big names that support the product. And, you know, when we're talking to somebody who hasn't heard of GoFastBits, you know, we might be at the SEMA show and, um, uh, you know, somebody will ask how they're going to get our product. And as soon as we say, you know, you can get it from Turn 14 or Summit Racing, they're like, okay, that's great. They just mm -hmm. put it in with their, uh, with their regular order for all the other parts. Well, as we talked about last night, it, it sounds really great that you're able to establish the fact that you've already done your due diligence. You're ready for, you know, everybody here to find out more about your company. And I think you got some new product and you've been working on a presentation. So uh, what you got for us today? Yeah, so uh, we're going to look at um, diverter valves. It's... Um, you know, in a in a turbocharger system, you know, diverter valves have been around pretty much as long as turbochargers have. So, you know, when we're talking about a um, you know a gasoline engine in particular, you know, like diesels don't necessarily need these things, um, but in a gasoline engine, you got that turbo on boost, and then you go and lift off the throttle, you close the throttle, and all that air's got nowhere to go. It's it's moving through the intercooler really fast. So as soon as you shut the throttle the diverter valve or a blower valve uh, will open and vent the pressure that would otherwise cause compressor surge. Uh, and that is bad for the longevity of the turbo. And um, so it is the job of the diverter valve to prevent that pressure surge. So yeah, we've, uh, we've seen a bit of an evolution. So, you know, we're going to touch on a, on a little bit of um, history with um, what the OEMs are doing with the diverter valves it's um because that's sort of you know the most common part that uh you know an enthusiast who gets their hands on a on their first turbocharged car will look at and go well i can change that part uh it might give me better performance and um yeah so we'll we'll take a look at the um what the oems are doing and and where we can improve for uh for better performance all righty take her away all right cool so um yeah, I've got a few bits and pieces here to show you. So with traditional, um, yeah, if we look back in history, you would start with something like this little Bosch diverter valve here. This is a pneumatic um, piston. So it is basically connected to the intake manifold. When you close the throttle, you get vacuum. It opens the valve and vents the pressure. And then we started seeing, uh, it, mainly in the European market, so VW and Audi, they started including a uh, solenoid valve to control the pneumatic diverter valve. So then that meant that the ECU had ultimate control of when this diverter valve opens. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, shuffle forward a few years from then and they integrated it into one complete unit. So this is an OEM diverter valve. This is an early revision. Um, so it is just a direct actuated solenoid. So as soon as you apply 12 volts, this thing opens up, vents the boost pressure, um, ECU turns it off and it closes again. So um, what we're going to look at now is, yeah, where, where the shortcomings are and where we can get the, um, the performance. Um, so what I wanted to touch on first, um, Oops, sorry, I'm just trying to find my parts here. So yeah, the OEM valves, they went through quite a few evolutions. Probably the, um, the biggest shortcoming they had was the reliability. That's something that is really important to OEM and also to us, you know, especially when you start increasing the boost pressure and you tune the engine, you run more boost, you run more heat. Um, so these diverter valves were really starting to fail in big numbers in the early days. So it was definitely a focus of, um, of the OEM manufacturers to make continuous improvements um, on reliability. So enter our product, the DV Plus. Uh, it has been around for a number of years. Um, we, we have a patented system on this. Now, basically a DV Plus, this is what I'm holding here in my hand. It's a teeny little thing, which um, doesn't look like a lot, but uh, 
what this is going to do is replace um, either completely or partially the factory OEM diverter valve. So um, in some cases, like these ones, you would just separate the, the valve mechanism from the OEM solenoid, and you would apply the, you know, the GFB part to that. So the valve mechanism has been replaced in this case. And then we have other models that are a complete replacement, just a straight, a straight swap. So the benefit of it is that you're retaining the ECU control. It's still got control of when the valve opens, um, but you get a faster opening, faster reaction time, um, and the, the reliability, especially at high boost. That's, that's what we're really focusing on there. So why would you replace the OEM one? Well, we're looking at fast response time, reliability, boost holding, most importantly, and better throttle response. So now if I can just share my screen, I will start the little presentation I've got here. All right, can you all see that? I can, sounds, looks good. Looks good, all right, excellent. Oh, sorry. There we go. So response time. We're going to have a look. This is the, the cutaway of the DV+. Uh, this unit up here, this is actually the factory solenoid. So we keep, in some cases, as I said, sometimes we replace the whole thing. Depends on the application that we're talking about. So in this case, we're looking at the OEM solenoid. The valve mechanism has been removed and replaced with the DV+. Now we have this patented pilot operation system. So the factory diverter valve is directly moved by the solenoid. You apply the voltage and the solenoid moves the entire valve mechanism. What we're doing is separating that mechanism. So we repurpose the solenoid. Now it is just moving this little plunger here. So the stroke that the solenoid has to move across is much, much shorter. Um, so what this is doing is controlling the pressure behind the main piston. Um, so effectively, that's why it's called a pilot. So you have a small valve controlling a bigger valve. It allows you to uh, improve reliability in the way that it opens. A solenoid, it's, um, it doesn't operate well over a long stroke. So by reducing the stroke, we improve the operational reliability. We're just gonna have a quick look at this video, which is kind of showing how it works. So here's the face of the piston where we have boost pressure. It goes through this transfer hole and equalizes the pressure on both sides of the piston. Now, when the solenoid energizes, it's gonna lift this little plunger up here, relieves the pressure behind the piston, and then the boost just blows the piston open. So that's the operation of it. Now, it, I have been asked before, now, isn't that slower? because first of all, you have to move a plunger, that relieves the pressure, and then the piston blows open. Well, the good thing is I can show you. So this video here, we did this to show the operational speed that we're talking about. Um, so I've got three valves here. There's the DV plus on the right. We've got the latest revision OEM diverter valve in the middle, the revision C. And then we've got one of the really early OEM revision G valves. Down here, there's a little LED. This is on our pressurized test tank. This LED, when that lights up, that's the solenoid turning on. And you'll see, we're gonna play it at a couple of different speeds and you'll see which of these valves opens first. So this is at 100% speed. You can see they open pretty quickly. But when we slow it down to 10%, as soon as that LED lights up, you see the DV plus open. And if we slow it down again, we're down to 1% speed now. So as soon as that light lights up, the DV plus is open. The fastest OEM one is still lagging behind. And look at this old one here, it's really struggling to open. So you can see that the OEMs have made improvements in speed. We've made more improvements. So we get that really crisp response time. As soon as the ECU tells that, uh, solenoid to open, the DV plus opens. All right, so now we want to have a look at reliability. Um, the OEM valve, it's made of plastic, predominantly. 
So what we've got here, we're looking at um, you know this broken ring of plastic that has busted off the valve. Now, the funny thing is, I actually had a customer in tech support just this morning with this exact valve on a Peugeot. Uh, he was an American, moved to Australia. He said, well, we've never had these Peugeots in America, um, but uh, this is the same valve shared on the, uh, the Mini, the, uh, the earlier Mini. And he had this exact problem. The plastic had broken off. Uh, of course, there's nowhere else for that plastic to go other than through the turbocharger. Um, this here, it's kind of hard to see, but that ring is actually missing from this diverter valve. That's broken off and it is completely gone. So plastic failure. It's just, um, it's not going to stand up to the sort of temperature and the pressure that um, turbochargers, especially once modified and running more boost, uh, you're going to run into you know, the plastic breaking away. The next one is uh, diaphragm rupture. So you can see on these two images here, it's had a complete rupture of the, um, the rubber diaphragm. Uh, it results in low boost, limp mode, and long-term overspeeding of the turbocharger. Um, the OEMs moved away from the diaphragm, um, sort of the mid-2000s. Um, 2008 to 12, we sort of started to see them move towards a solid plastic piston to address this issue. Um, well, then we move on and we have a look. So, you know, here's a turbocharger. It's had some of that plastic go through it, causing damage to the blades. There's another issue that um, we have seen before. So this is the turbo cover off a, uh, a GTI. And you can have a look at here, there's, there's this ring. That's not supposed to be there. That's, that's actually a groove that's been worn into the face of the, uh, where the piston of the OEM diverter closes. Just repeated smashing over time with the, uh, the plastic piston has worn this groove into the turbocharger. So eventually that's gonna cause a boost leak. Um, you know, it's, these are the sorts of things that we looked at and we said, well, we can do better than that. And the next video that I wanted to show is um, the, uh, an, an operational issue that the OEM valve has. And this goes back to what we were talking about with the solenoid before. When a solenoid operates over a long stroke, it isn't very strong. So the solenoid strength and the return spring strength are quite weak. Now, when the valve lifts off the seat, you get this rushing of air that's going past the face of the piston and it actually pulls it to the side. It puts a lot of side load on the bush that that piston runs on. And as we see in this video, it actually causes the valve to jam part way while it's, um, while it's relieving the boost pressure. 15 PSI. So when we release it, you'll see that piston opens a little bit and then it opens all the way. So now we're going to turn the boost up to 22 PSI, and this is what you would see. Oops, all right, I'm going to go back. So 15, so 22 PSI, you're going to watch this piston here. One or two, drop bar or S3. So that valve is really struggling to open. Um, on any car that's had a you know a, a mild tune, um, that valve is just not going to be doing the job that it is supposed to be doing, which is relieving boost pressure. So again, that was another thing that we wanted to um, to address. So our solution, well, as I showed you before, the parts that we put on this valve are all CNC machined. We're talking metal. Uh, we use brass piston with an anodized aluminium body which has proven over the last 20 years that we've been in business to be the best combination for you know, blow off and diverter valves. It just goes forever. The tolerance reliability is fantastic. It cannot be damaged by boost pressure or heat. Um, and because it is reliable, it's going to protect your turbo and make sure that you don't get overspeeding from boost leaks. Um, and regardless of the amount of boost you run, it doesn't matter if this is a stock engine or highly modified, uh, replacing the OEM diverter valve will definitely do wonders for the longevity of the turbo and the engine. Um, and the other thing that we really need to mention is lifetime warranty. So GFB products do come with a lifetime warranty. Um, 
yeah, that that is something that's uh, that's worth mentioning. It's a um, little bit of history on that one. It was it was sort of a decision that we made because we we're always supporting our products um, with the ultimate confidence. You know, back in the day, we we would just replace any product that failed uh, without question because it was really that rare. Uh, we thought, well, we're supporting the products anyway. We see valves that are 10, 12 years old and they're still in perfect working order. Um, you know, we can put a lifetime warranty on these parts. That 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 blows my mind. I mean, that's that really is the ultimate, uh, you know, that's the ultimate any kind of a parts person or any kind of company that has that kind of confidence and that kind of reliability in their product that they're willing to do that is like I say, it's, it's not something that you're going to find every day. So my hat's off to you folks down there. And I can understand why with, you know, the illustrations you're showing, you, you always wonder why do I want to go with this product? Do your research. And just like you have done for us, this is the reason why. And yeah. I love the fact that it's, if <laughs> I'm not trying to insult anybody that's out there that's uh, a part of the program today, but hey, Ray Charles can see this, you know, <laughs> you know, it's one of those kind of things that uh, when you start breaking it down, uh, it's well thought out and it's been perfected to perform and be reliable. So the money you invest is the kind of money that you want to invest in everything you got in your life with that kind of, you know, like I say, lifetime guarantee. That's that's a wow factor moment right there. I'll say that much right now, Brett. That's that's yeah. a wow factor for, for for me and all the parts and pieces I've ever used throughout my entire life. Uh, I have run across maybe one other product that was you know had any kind of a lifetime anything. You know, it's, it's pretty yeah. remarkable. It really is. No, it's um, it's definitely something that we're proud of. I mean, it's. Um, uh, as I say, we, we do the best we can, you know, to to make a product that that is going to last and, and stand up to the kind of use that um, that people would expect. You know, that's what I expect. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're working towards. So, um, yeah, now if we have a look. So the next thing we want to touch on is um, the boost holding. So we've looked mm -hmm. at liability. So the OEM diverter valve, uh, it, its job is to hold boost pressure when it's supposed to, and then relieve it when the ECU tells it it needs to relieve it. So what we're looking at here is this is the, um, you know, the, the, the piston mechanism, which is molded plastic, and it has this molded plastic seal. I, I'm going to call it a seal, but as you can see from the angle that we've taken this photo here, there is quite a large gap between the piston and its seal. Um, this is because we go back to the, the strength of the solenoid and you saw how it struggled in that video uh, in the early generation of these valves. They just cannot tolerate any amount of extra friction. So you go putting an O-ring on there or any kind of a seal that actually um, you know, makes a positive seal um, and, the, and the solenoid just won't be able to open it. So, you know, that's why it is designed the way it is with um, with that kind of a gap. So it's it's kind of a token effort, really. It um, uh, it is a loose fit. It's it's not a great seal. Look, it it does the job, but you know, again, we looked at it. We said we can do better than that. Um, now the next trend that we have seen. So typically, these diverter valves have been mounted straight onto the turbocharger compressor cover. What we have started to notice is that the OEMs are moving them back off the turbo and onto the intercooler pipes. Now, this is an interesting move because originally putting it on the turbocharger did a lot of things for the manufacturer. It eliminated additional piping, hoses, clamps, um, and just made the packaging of the whole turbo system a lot neater. You've got this turbo with the diverter valve, valve mounted straight on it. Um, and it was just so much simpler. But what we have seen is because of the extra heat coming from the turbo, these diverter valves aren't holding up to the task. So it looks like the OEMs are starting to move them off the turbo and they're starting to put them onto the intercooler pipes. Now, 
you can see the tooling, you know, this is a really nicely molded plastic part. I'll, I'll certainly say that about the OEMs, they know what they're doing. Um, but when we look at the cost involved, I mean, this is a very complex tool to add this mount for the diverter valve onto an intercooler pipe. So they now have, uh, you know, this is off the new Ford Bronco. This is a beautiful molded plastic pipe, but look at all this extra stuff that they now have to accommodate to get the diverter valve off the turbo. So this is what we found when we started developing uh, well, expanding the DB plus range for these new vehicles. Um, this is where the piston closes onto a plastic seat now. So you have a plastic piston with a plastic seal closing onto a plastic seat. So when we measured it, we have a coordinate measuring machine that can you know, measure down to microns. Um, we took a look at this, uh, the mounting flange where the valve goes and then compared it to where the piston closes and it is neither flat nor parallel. So the piston has no chance of sealing. And um, what we found is, um, you know, the, the modern diverter valves, while they may have improved their response speed and the reliability, they've actually made the leaking worse. So these uh, diverter valves that are mounted on plastic pipes leak far worse than the very first generation of um, OEM valve. So everything they're doing is coming at a compromise. And we don't like compromise. This is our slogan, performance without compromise. So we want the best possible sealing, the best possible response speed, the best boost holding. You know, we, we've got to address these things. So what we're looking at here, uh, we had to change the design slightly. You know, we, earlier we were using um, the DV Plus with, you know, this, this, the piston was closing directly onto the seat. But then we moved to an integrated seat so we ensure that the piston is closing onto a nice square flat machine seat. We get the best possible seal. Um, and we just make sure that whatever boost pressure that the turbo is generating, you get that at the engine. You're not losing it anywhere along the line. Um, you know, we might, we're not talking about a huge amount of air, but we're just trying to do the best that we can with this particular part of the turbo system so that everything works as well as it possibly can. Uh, and now we move on to the throttle response. So there's the next benefit. Now, if we go back to the, um, uh, the pilot operation, the added benefit that we get from this is that the OEM valve with its direct actuated solenoid, the valve can only ever be open or shut. There is no in-between with the OEM diverter valve. Now, this is a valve that is in control of boost pressure. Um, and for it to open in a binary way um, is not great for throttle response. Um, it's basically tied to the throttle pedal movement. The, tie, the, the slightest negative throttle movement, the ECU says, hey, we're lifting off the throttle. We need to open this diverter valve so that we don't get compressor surge. And the valve goes wide open. So you tend to find that you get this step in power delivery if you are feathering the throttle. Um, and then if you lift off and shift gears, uh, when you get back on it, the valve, because it is wide open, it has vented all of the boost pressure that was in those pipes. So with our pilot system, the ECU triggers the solenoid, but because the DV Plus is effectively a pneumatic valve, it will start to close the piston if the pressure has decayed. So this trace, what we're looking at here, this is a, um, a data log from, uh, we're basically measuring the pre-throttle pressure. So the, uh, the green trace is the DV plus and the red is the OEM valve. Now you can see that they open similarly, they vent the pressure spikes similarly, but as the boost starts to decay, the DV plus will actually allow the piston to close where the OEM valve is still wide open. Now, over time, you still get a little bit of boost pressure that is residual in the intercooler pipes. Now, let's talk about a gear shift. You're on the throttle, you lift off to shift gears, and then you get back on it again. 
So if you have, you know, two, three, four PSI still in the intercooler pipe, you get back to peak boost faster. So this is part of our you know, pilot valve strategy. The valve only opens as much as it needs to vent the pressure and then it starts to close again. So you get a more progressive and linear power delivery um, compared to the OEM, which is you know, on or off, open and shut kind of thing. So you just gain back a little bit of um, the transient throttle response, which is, which is kind of where the DB plus shines. So. Um, yeah. Now, fitment, that was the other thing. So I was looking in um, uh, Parts Hub. So we have all of our vehicle fitment data in uh, ACES and PIES format in Parts Hub. Um, in the DV Plus family, there are over 20 individual SKUs, and we have almost a thousand vehicle applications. So, Jeff, you touched on the fact that um, we cover a lot of different brand vehicles. So, right. yeah, I mean, uh, the, the European market really started with this, and then it's we're starting to see these valves in just about everything that has a turbo these days. Um, so Ford is the latest thing of, um, you know, everything from the F-150 to the Mustang, everything with EcoBoost, um, they all run these types of diverter valves now. So, um, yeah, we're, we're continually expanding the range to, uh, to try and cover all of these, these vehicles. So every DV plus in our range, they all look different, but effect effectively they do the same thing. They're doing the same job, the same benefits, the same reliability, but they're just a different fitment. Um, now, something else I wanted to mention um, that's that's very useful for our customers. So um, with everything that's going on with CARB, uh, we have already got one of our most popular uh, DV Plus models um, CARB compliant. So that's for the, uh, the VW Audi market. Um, you know, you can bolt this thing on and you can pass a smog test in California. So that's that's a massive thing for our customers over there. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, the you're taking on months, King Kong right there. Oh man, it's it's been really interesting. Uh, you know, there's for for you know giant distributors to be um, not selling into entire states is um, is certainly an interesting uh, event for uh, for the market. So yeah, we. We're certainly um, chasing more and more applications for the carb compliance. So we're, we're basically working our way through the DV plus range uh, in order of popularity to, to get them through as quick as we can so that you know, people can fit these, these parts without uh, concern about um, being able to pass a small check. Well, I mean, I think you, know, you addressed why it's the right way to do it because you're, you're wasting fuel, you're, you're creating some of the stuff that they don't want because of inefficiency. You know, cleaner burn, more efficient burn. Uh, it's It's gotta be across the board. It's not just about the performance, it's about, you know, the wastefulness of the byproduct that everybody's, you know, got their, I guess you might say, are out to get. You know, they wanna do away with anything that burns fuel. But if you got to burn it, let's let's make sure you burn it completely, well, and then let's make yeah. sure you you uh, relieve the pressure efficiently. I mean, this I mean everything. It's just it's relative to um, doing it right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's you right. know you can do it, but you're not doing it right, and you guys are doing it right. And and what I love about it is that you, you know your ability to take no matter who the manufacturer is, because, you know, we all know that when you raise the hood or the rear bonnet on one of these things and, and, and look how an engine is plumbed and everything, it's, there's so many different variations. You would think that, you know, there's only one way to do it, but everybody's got a plan and they do it so many different ways. You guys have been able to adapt the ways. I, I mean, again, um, yeah. really, really well done. Really, you know, it, it to me, it shows the last 20 years You've been doing a lot of making making people happy in in, in OEM, OEMs because what they had was not performing like it needed to, and now they're they're getting educated on the better ways of doing it. And for that reason, you know, it looks like you're migrating in y'all's direction of 
these guys know what they're doing. We need to pay more attention to what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, that's, um, yeah, we, we just go back to that that compromise thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't like compromise. So, you know, I mean, the OEMs, like I say, they, they know what they're doing, but it's just that the... Um, I guess the the target is somewhat different. You know, there's there's a price point. Everything has to, you know, they they can't afford to put the best possible diverter valve on there because it's such a tiny part of that entire car. Uh, if they did that to every part of the car, then you know nobody could afford it. So, um, you know, they do the best they can with uh, with compromise. And as we've seen through the generations of diverter valve, you know, they started. Um, they were obviously focusing on holding boost well. They did that well the early ones. But then they would fail. They would rupture. They would jam. Um, so then they focused on reliability. They got the reliability, but it came at the expense of throttle response and boost holding. So you know we're just trying to just give back everything that the uh, the turbo uh, can do. And as I say, it's a small part of the whole package, but it just makes everything work well. And especially when you go tuning the engine and uh, and running more boost than. You know, replacing these parts is uh, is all about supporting uh, supporting modifications. So yeah, yeah. I, I still I still think one of the things that, that you got the people that, uh, the OEMs they can't be hundred percent happy with the fact that you can do something they can't, and you're willing <laughs> to guarantee your part product for life. Yeah, I mean that's that's got to stick in their crawl because you know good and well one of the biggest things that has happen in the world is people are looking at a way to we need a part not last forever whether it's washer and a dryer whether it's the car engine it doesn't matter what it is we need to build you know sooner or later these things need to wear out and we need somebody putting parts on them so we can you know create another aftermarket for our product I, yeah. I, again yep. i think i think it's got to stick in their crawl <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, look, it'd be nice that um, somebody has to buy a new part when the old one wears out, but uh, I, I'm just not built that way. You know? And mm -hmm. none of us here are, you know, we just enjoy um, making something that lasts and um, doing the best job that it possibly can. Yeah. Uh, and, and folks, I know we got some uh, participants out there today. Uh, Y'all been awful quiet. And I think Brett's done an excellent job. I wish you... Uh, could uh, let him know that, you know, what he's been telling you, you've heard, you know, got some questions, please ask. I mean, we'd love to be able to uh, get your in input into it. Cause uh, again, uh, they may be like me still sitting there. And again, I know I'm wearing it out, but guaranteed for life. I mean, I'm just, I'm still shaking my head. I, I love it. I think that's, uh, that's the, been the best thing about this. Uh, and we got John Adrian. He'd like to know, can you touch a little bit more on the to turbo efficiency? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that, that probably goes back to um, the boost leak. So, you know, anytime you leak air from a turbocharger system, um, that is reducing efficiency and, and, and in more ways than people would normally give credit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you lose one PSI of boost, um, through a, a diverter valve leak. And what you find, it, it's very easy to make that back. You know, you can just, the ECU can um, just target that boost pressure and make one more PSI of boost and hit that target pressure. Um, they do it all the time. That's closed loop boost control. Um, you lose a little bit, the ECU will compensate. But in doing so, effectively, it is increasing exhaust back pressure. Uh, it is increasing turbo shaft speed. Uh, and the charge temperature coming out of the turbocharger. So everything, even if you get back to the same pressure that you were before, everything's mm -hmm. working harder. The turbo's working harder, the engine's working harder, and it's just not going to make the same power that it did before. Now, that's an extreme example. You know, it takes quite a big leak to lose that sort of power, but, you know, this is the efficiency that, um, that we're talking about. Um, you know, everything helps. So, you know, turbo power is not free. Um, it's not, it doesn't come from nowhere. Um, so, you know, you want to make that boost pressure back, you're working the engine, the exhaust harder. All right, Matthew wants to know, he said, there's a lot of your competitors in the market and some of them, which also offer lifetime warranties. So why would a customer choose GFB product over another manufacturer? And again, without 
you know it better than I do. Okay, but I'm just going to say, sitting here right at this moment and looking at the quality that I'm seeing uh, may be one of the leading factors to me. I think, you know, you got a product. Once again, it's got a wow factor that tells me it can be a guarantee for life. And I think the better part about it, the question needs to be, they may offer it, but it doesn't mean that you won't have to get it replaced. I mean, they'll give you another part. Hey, it wears out, whatever. They'll give you another part. But I don't think your part has that problem. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at something. I think it's meant to last for a lifetime. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I mean, the uh, the number of valves that we have seen that um, the, you know that have been on cars for for over ten years. Um, yeah, I remember we went to a Subaru meet um, after the SEMA show, and there was a valve on the car that was from two thousand and three, and I know it was from that year because you know that was one of the the early valves that I designed. And, uh, you know, all the little changes we made along the way, I knew exactly what year that was from, and it was still on the car and still running. And that, that valve was 18 years old when I saw it. So, um, yeah, that, that guy was pretty blown away uh, when he found out how old it was. It was on the car when he bought it. Um, still going strong. So That's great. You know, we know they can last. We got, we, yeah. It definitely last. There's, Tim would like to know, does this affect emissions and are any of the parts part numbers carb compliant yes um so emissions no so basically what we're looking at here is we're not changing where the air is vented this is not an atmospheric blow off valve we're not dumping the air to a different location so it still uses the uh you know it, it behaves similarly to the factory the oem diverter valve so mm -hmm. it is not messing with the um you know, the emissions systems um that was how we were able to get our first dv plus through the um you know the car check um they are quite comprehensive you know they they ran it on two test vehicles um, they do their standardized testings for tailpipe emissions um it, it it makes no difference and, and and it stands to reason because we're not changing anything to do with um you know the fueling or the um uh yeah the emissions systems we're just taking what the oem does and doing it better uh, and yeah sorry let me just touch on that yes one of the part numbers currently uh t9351 that is carb approved and we have plenty more in the pipeline all right well brett it has really been an honor and a pleasure to get a chance to speak with you and i appreciate you uh Staying up, I guess it's what you did. You're staying up. I did, <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> and, and and spending some time with us. So again, uh, thank you very much uh, for being a part of the Partrait uh, group and uh, sharing with everybody else. Great presentation. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Of, of course, Brad, and you did a great job. And I, I remember last week you were worried, like 45 minutes may be too long. I think you could have run for another hour. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back. We'll have you back. And and again, it's just everyone, please appreciate that it's 3 a.m. in Sydney right now. So uh, it was like middle of the night for Brad. So thank you so much for being with us today. This webinar has been recorded. It will be uh, uh, basically circulated through the ePortrait platform, our newsletter channels, uh, our social social media channels. We will be back live next week. We're going to be touching a completely different subject next week. We're going to be talking inflation, uh, economy, and uh, and they're in the industry with a fifth third bank motorsport. That's going to be very interesting. Their bankers are really involved in motorsport. So this is a bank that really focused on this industry and they're going to be sharing with us uh, everything they have to offer. So in the meantime, we pushed uh, uh, Brett's and GFB's products back on the homepage of the ePortrait platform. Judy announced uh, when we launched that we have the version 5.0 that was released today. So it's an all new updated awesome platform we took a lot of time effort and energy to put all those upgrades into it so please take advantage of it and we'll see you back uh, next week at uh, 9 a.m pacific on wednesday thank you very much bye-bye thank you thank you 
ePartrade is a digital platform that we've created basically to make life easier in the business community of auto racing. ePartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier. When you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information and then from there it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Land speed record holder George Poteet's speed demon rocketed 481 miles per hour at the Bonneville Salt Flats. You don't go that fast without ARP fasteners. There is no way that we could go the speed that we've gone, the number of times we've gone, with a lesser quality bolt than ARP supplies to us. And we absolutely wouldn't be where we were today if it weren't for ARP. When failure is not an option, it's ARP-Bolts.com. We're Performance Plus Global Logistics. Our team of dedicated performance industry and logistics experts get valuable cars and components to the track on time in top condition. We provide expedited logistics solutions for the performance industry using direct routes instead of deferred options and communicate all necessary information to the appropriate resources to meet regulations and ensure a smooth transit and secure delivery, both domestically and internationally. And we exceed customer expectations by providing best-in-class service with an efficient and cost-effective system in place. Contact us today to book your next shipment. You work as hard as your truck, and you have no time for downtime. That's why more truck owners trust Blue Def, America's number one diesel exhaust fluid brand. Each batch is guaranteed pure, so you can avoid costly repairs caused by inferior DEF. Demand America's best for your truck. Blue Def at Blue Def Platinum. Put trust in your truck. With ShopMonkey, we've been able to grow the shop by 20% in gross sales since implementing it in the shop. Everything that we were doing before has been sped up with ShopMonkey. All of our parts ordering, all of our approvals, all of our mechanics knowing what to do next. And I've had friends that are in the trade that own shops ask about ShopMonkey, and I highly recommend it just because of easy use. There's nothing like it with that kind of platform. With roots in the Midwest that date back well before the Model T, Fifth Third Bank has a long history of serving the needs of automotive companies. While much has changed over the years, our passion for helping businesses put cars on the road and on the track has not. Today, we are more committed than ever as a member of SEMA, a founding member of PRI, and a sponsor of multiple race teams across several racing series. For over a decade, Fifth Third Bank has been a staunch supporter of our industry and a great partner for many companies in the motorsports field. Our business has been growing extremely fast, and really, we could not be where we are today without Fifth Third. They provided amazing strategic advice, the capital we need to support our phases of growth. They are true partners for me now, and what they do with their involvement in motorsports is untouched in this community. Where can we take your business? Fifth Third Bank.